0: Welcome to CII Radio. In this episode, we're talking to Steve Jenkins. In this episode of the podcast, we're discussing corporate chartered status and how the changes brought in in 2019 have benefited the insurance and financial planning professions. And we're joined by Steve Jenkins, Development Director of the Chartered Insurance Institute. Last year, following a consultation, the CII updated its chartered proposition for firms. This included an update for the eligibility criteria and highlighting the need for more diversity and inclusion in the profession. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Here's our conversation with Steve. Hello, Steve, and thank you for joining us today on CII Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, you're very, very welcome. Um, So, firstly, if you could just start by perhaps reminding our listeners about some of the changes that were brought in in 2019 um, regarding the corporate chartered proposition.
1: Well, the corporate chartered proposition has uh, been in place now for over 10 years. And we thought last year that it was uh, um, timely to take a step back and really make sure that it was fit for purpose, it was, you know, sufficiently relevant to the market, Uh, it's modern in terms of its um, format, and and, uh, adequately uh, represented um, uh, our diverse membership and customer base. So, it was very timely, um, not least because it has gathered an enormous amount of momentum, um, particularly in the financial planning market and particularly in the commercial insurance sector Um, and in view of the fact that uh, the whole uh, concept of chartered status has um, a relatively high level of awareness in in many of the other professions we wanted to make sure that our titles uh, were up to date and uh, were meeting the needs of uh, all stakeholders
0: yes yeah um, so a significant part of the proposition um, is the chartered ethos. Um, could you give us a bit more information about that and what kind of elements are involved?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, we took the opportunity last year as a consequence of a, a, a big consultation exercise with all our stakeholders. That's members, existing, firm, existing chartered firms, prospective chartered firms, regulator, big companies, trade bodies and so on and so forth to take a step back and, and, and really have a good think about what does being chartered mean? Mm-hmm. What is an organisation that is chartered saying about itself? So rather than get too much into the detail in respect of any one aspect of chartered, for example, qualifications, it was important to actually look at it in the round. And and really, a chartered firm, in a sense, is is making a public declaration of professionalism. It's saying something about itself overtly. It's putting itself in the shop window and inviting scrutiny upon itself. So, being chartered, or the chartered ethos, I should say, is ostensibly a shared public declaration of professional standards. It's a firm saying that it's about doing the right thing. Now, that's not to say that firms that are not chartered are not doing the right thing. But what chartered firms are doing is being overt and proactive about it. And once you reflect on that concept... What we then did is to break the chartered ethos down into different component parts. Okay. And it's this aspect of the ethos that I think is where the detail comes out. Those aspects relate to a chartered firm actively nurtures the knowledge amongst its staff. It hires people that are knowledgeable, it invests in them, it develops them, and it tries to keep hold of very capable people. It sets a premium on expertise. In a sense, that's where its commitment to professional qualifications lies. But broadly speaking, what we're saying is it's nurturing knowledge amongst its people. And that knowledge might not just be technical knowledge. It could be around soft skills or it could be about business-related skills. But it's not just about what people know. It's about how people behave in practice. And when they deal with customers, whose interests are they actually looking after? So the second element of the chartered ethos that we focused on is the whole concept about being client-centric putting the customer's needs first and putting oneself in the customer's shoes. It's very easy in many cases to think about the product that one's selling to a, to a customer. But actually, if you think about the customer's needs and then putting a solution in place to meet those needs, that's the mindset in which people in chartered firms uh, are increasingly focusing. So, client-centricity was the second element of the chartered ethos and it's that therein lies the commitment to ethical practice and putting the end customer's interests first and foremost. The third element of the chartered ethos, which we felt was important, and certainly the feedback we got from the consultation exercise highlighted this in particular, is that it's not just about knowledge, it's not just about putting the customer first, but it's about making a broader contribution to society and actually behaving and conducting and operating as an organization in a way in which stakeholders see as reflective of society in general. There is where we focus much more strongly on the needs of inclusion and diversity Uh, in terms of all aspects and characteristics of diversity. Um, So three elements then, nurturing knowledge, putting the customer first in terms of client centricity and more broadly serving society. And by excelling and focusing on those three aspects, the the three together effectively form that chartered ethos. So those are the three elements of the chartered ethos. And the chartered ethos then is backed by a two-way commitment. Firstly, a commitment from The professional body, ourselves, the CII, to the chartered firms to provide comprehensive support and guidance as to how to uphold uh, the different elements of the chartered ethos. And secondly, a commitment from firms to their stakeholders, be it their shareholders, their brokers, their staff, or most importantly, their customers in terms of the various elements of the ethos itself. And by being backed by those two commitments, we think there'll be a material impact over the longer term in terms of trust about how those firms uh, can set themselves apart.
0: Excellent. So you alluded to um, obviously quite a a wide-reaching and in-depth consultation which the the CII undertook in in 2019. What kind of improvements were were actually made to the Chartered Proposition following on from that?
1: There were five areas where we focused and five areas where we consulted with the marketplace. I'll just take them one by one. Um, The objective behind focusing in on these areas was to make the uh, titles more relevant, more modern and more diverse in a sense. So we started off with what we focused on in terms of the different business models that exist in the market. Originally, corporate chartered status had very much got limited companies in its mind and uh, legal entities, but many organizations aren't quite structured that way. Some are partnerships, some are uh, uh, structured in a way where they have strategic business units, some of them have matrix structures. What we now have is a much more pragmatic approach to the different corporate structures of different firms so that whether they're large small whether they're working in general insurance or financial planning whether they're corporate or entrepreneurial the spirit of way in which they're structured shouldn't be should you know we should be able to cope and cater for all of that uh, and uh, and as a consequence we've got a much more um, open minded approach to the structure of a business when considering chartered firms we also recognize that firms don't stay In the same structure going forward they may merge they may acquire others they may um, have people that are promoted or retire within their firm and again we need to adopt a pragmatic approach to to those changes whilst at the same time preserving status at all times second area which we are focusing on this is ongoing and i know there was a separate podcast which went into more detail on this in terms of um, the advertising and the marketing that we are planning to support chartered status but ostensibly providing firms with excellent value for money in terms of chartered status. We recognise that the majority of the cost lies in the number of members that um, sit within chartered firms. And so we've got a very strong focus at the moment on providing increased professional body guidance to those members, making sure that uh, we are, if you like, uh, uh, refining and um, categorising the support that we provide, depending on which sectors each of those firms Operate within, and engaging much more closely with the various societies that we've launched over recent uh, recent years in financial planning, in mortgage, in claims, in underwriting, and in broking. The third area relates to really recognizing much more overtly the importance of positive social impact. Whether a chartered firm is a large corporation or whether it's a small entrepreneurial firm, employers these days have got a real responsibility to engage with their local community more actively. And so we are giving more credence and guidance in relation to social impact, whether it relates to operating more inclusively and uh, in a more diverse way, both in terms of one's workforce and and interacting with uh, end customer base, or in fact, whether it links to making a contribution to the more broadly based profession of insurance and financial planning through getting involved with trade bodies with community interaction with uh, csr initiatives or indeed um, the professional body themselves in addition uh, we've had some work to do in our own backyard you know i think recognize that we've uh, also always strived to improve processes and the uh, administrative and the uh, uh, customer service experience of the cii particularly for those uh, firms that uh, have invested in chartered status so we are uh, improving the way in which we administer both the application and the renewal process such that it's a, it's a better experience uh, for um, existing and prospective firms and last and not least whilst clearly, we're keen for the the title to be expanded and to have real big impact. You know, it's only really as good as the oversight that we have over chartered firms. And so, whilst we don't purport to be a regulator, it is important that the quality of the uh, population as a whole is upheld. And uh, that's meant that the fifth area, the last area we've, we're improving is the is the oversight. And the annual declaration um, around uh, the commitments that a firm makes um, forms the basis of that oversight on an annual basis.
0: Fantastic. So, since these changes and improvements have uh, have been um, put into place, um, have the the CII seen much difference in the uptake by firms?
1: Well, we're seeing a big, you know, we're continuing to see interest. I'd like, uh, we're seeing a real, really strong pipeline of, of new firms come through. I think over 70 new firms joined in 2019. We are also proactively in contact with the existing population of firms make sure they continue to see value in the in in the status i'd like to see more momentum in the broking sector mm-hmm. you know we've uh, we've got a good penetration at the middle and the upper end of the broking sector but we're investing in uh, our own teams and recruiting more people to reach out to smaller medium-sized brokers so that the broking title can, if you like, grow at the same pace that the financial planning title has grown. And amongst the very large firms, where the majority of the big commercial insurers are chartered, we have a real focus in 2020 on talking to those leaders that are operating in the personalised sector, which ostensibly is the shop window of the insurance market. And so uh, I'm keen to get more personalised insurers upholding and applying for chartered status.
0: So, um, so um, indeed, looking ahead then to 2020, what do you see as the future of kind of corporate chartered status and, and what are the CII focusing on um, in the year, the year to come and beyond?
1: Well, from a bigger picture perspective, this, you know, all the research that we show would indicate that the term chartered is associated with quality and premium from the end customer's perspective. Clearly, when you look at some other professions, whether it's chartered accountancy, chartered surveying, the legal profession, they have had chartered at the heart of their profession for a considerable period of time. And we must recognize that our profession of insurance and to an extent financial planning, it's on a journey and in an earlier stage of being a profession. You know, I think financial planning has made great strides since the regulatory changes 10 years ago. There's no reason at all why insurance cannot do the same sort of thing. So, going forward, I'd like to see um, the momentum continuing around Chartered. Uh, We will be continuing the dialogue we have, not just with the market, but with the uh, regulator, with government, with proxies for the consumer lobby, and making sure that Chartered status is not just about qualifications and exams, that it embraces all that is relevant around culture, ethics, purpose, doing the right thing because it's not just the world of financial services that needs to be at the forefront of that. You see those areas of interest prevailing in all aspects of public life these days. And, uh, You know, if ever there was a good time to introduce something called chartered status, you could argue that now is that time. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited about the fact that we've now conducted our review. We know what our focus is and uh, I'd like it to go from strength to strength.
0: Excellent. Um, And where could we direct listeners to if they want to find out um, more generally about chartered status or indeed more details about the the proposition? Well, I think there's
1: two ways of doing this. Uh, uh, Three ways of doing this, actually. Uh, Look on our website, but uh, alternatively contact our our corporate development function here in Lombard Street or or our customer service corporate division, uh in uh, south woodford
0: excellent okay well thanks so much for coming in to see us today um steve i'm sure our listeners have found it insightful and it's great to get um a further overview of um of corporate status so thank you thank you very much and thank you for joining us on cii radio to find out more you can visit the journal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts or you can follow us on twitter at cii group so until next time thank you for listening and goodbye